you just abandon any precaution. You know, folks, something could happen here, and if it does, so what? friends welcome to nathan for us and nathan for you podcast my name is kelly and hi i'm megan today we have a very special episode of nathan for us we actually have a special guest austin bowers has returned to our podcast and we're gonna chat a little bit with him about a project he's been working on austin how are you doing i'm so good so excited to be back here how how you doing Happy listeners. Hope you enjoyed the letters if you got them. Yeah. So why don't we get into kind of the letters? And uh, if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, I feel like, Megan, you probably can explain this better than I can. So I'll throw it to you to talk about those. Yeah. So I was, you know, having a very average day scrolling on my Facebook, scrolling on my Instagram. And suddenly on Austin Bauer's page, I saw this magical post come up that let us know that Austin was going to continue the story of Roman and Kenzie for Valentine's Day. And I was so, so excited. And I knew that I had to buy it for Kelly for Valentine's Day. (laughs) So I ordered it. And then I messaged Austin to see if he would be willing to come on the podcast to chat about it a little bit. And I swear that I had told Kelly about it. But (laughs) Kelly, if you want to take it from your perspective of how you received them. (laughs) Yeah, so um, I live in a condo, if anyone doesn't know. So we get our mail to like a mailbox, you know, in our lobby or whatever. And whenever we get packages, you have to go pick them up from the front desk. So I sent Colin, my fiance, down to pick up a a bunch of packages one day. And he went and got the mail as well. And he comes upstairs and he's like, you got a love letter? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? I had no clue what he could be referring to. And he hands me this like pink envelope and I'm not even kidding you guys. It has like, I don't know, eight like lip kiss marks all over it. It has all these <laughs> stickers that say like I love you. I laughed so hard because I had no idea what this was and then sent a picture to our group chat. Um and I was like, what is this? And Megan then told me all about the letters and that she'd ordered them for me. It was uh, it was very exciting. Yeah. Now, did you think for a second you had a secret admirer? <laughs> I did. And or I, I was, a not-so-secret admirer, a very forward <laughs> admirer. I was the most confused because I was like, oh, this is clearly, like, my name and, like, the correct address. So that's what really threw me off. And then I was like, this has to be a prank. I was like, who do I know in New York who'd be mailing this? <laughs> and I was running through my friends who live out there. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, incredible. And I'm glad you didn't tell me about it because it made it a lot funnier. No, that yeah. was the same thing with me because I didn't tell my roommates about the letters. And obviously they would send them to me. And so one day, you know, I got this pink letter in the mail and my friend's like, Yo, who's sending you stuff with lipstick on? You didn't tell us about anybody like that. And so I messed with them a little bit, saying it was from somebody I just met off online in New York. And so every time a new letter would come up, they would try to figure out who it was. Oh, my goodness. Now, is lip kisses on an envelope, is that like the ultimate romantic gesture? It feels like it. I feel like, I don't know, maybe this was only a thing for me, but like, you know, sealed with a kiss, you'd like write that on letters and stuff. Did anyone else do this in elementary school? 
I definitely didn't write sealed with a kiss. Wouldn't you just literally seal it with a kiss? You or would both. you write, I sealed this with a kiss? Yeah, you both. <laughs> now, have either of you gotten a love letter before? I have. <laughs> um. I feel like I have, but it's been so, it was like a very middle school thing, you know, that we used to do. Mm. I like you, want to hang out, stick it in the locker, you know. Oh, that is much cuter than my story. I like your wholesome (laughs) version better. (laughs) Um, I guess I should get into this since we are on a podcast and, you know, this is content. But yeah, I, I got a letter from a guy that I was dating at the time's roommate. Um, he wrote me like a three page letter talking about how he was like in love with me but he would like never dream of trying anything because I was dating his roommate it was very bizarre and I truly could not look him in the eyes for many years after that (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's different from what I because what I did was I was a fan of knowledge as a kid and so were a lot of the girls in the class I was with so I just, like, tore off a sheet of paper on my notebook, wrote, like, I like you, taped it to the Nihilators, and, like, stuck it in their locker. That was it. <laughs> Nothing ever came of it, but, you know. You shoot. You got to shoot your shot, you know? <laughs> yeah, everyone out there, if you're looking for, you know, encouragement to shoot your shot, you should do it in a respectful and nice way, but, like, exactly, you yeah. should definitely do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say so. Like, I've... I used to write letters back and forth with my high school boyfriend. And (laughs) yeah, he was uh, at university out of town at the time. And so we would write to each other. uh, And they were pretty like cringy looking back. I still definitely own them. And it's definitely embarrassing. It's like when Facebook pops up and reminds you of some horrible status you wrote 10 years ago. That's how I feel when I read them. I'm like, wow, this is very embarrassing, and I wish I didn't do this. <laughs> there was there was like a Pokemon joke in every single one, though, and I was like, okay, respect the game. <laughs> like, not that much has changed. <laughs> yeah, true. I remember like very dramatically on one of the letters that I sent him, I had the physical letter, I had made like this collage on it, and I taped it all down, and we had like, been talking about maybe breaking up because it was far and then, we, and then we were on skype and he's like oh i just got a letter and he like pulled it out and it was the letter from me and he was like bawling and he's like Aww. this is so funny and personal and i was like i thought that like it was so deep and looking back i'm like i cut out like some pictures of pokemon and taped them to a letter which you would think would be me in like elementary school but no this was me in high school and that's like (laughs) really hard for me to get over (laughs) uh you know oh my gosh well solid trip down memory lane everyone yes yes (laughs) So maybe we should reset a little bit if anyone still doesn't know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So famously, um, Austin was featured on an episode of Nathan, and he was asked to write a sentence on the spot. And he talked about two characters named Roman and Kenzie. And it was a very lovely sentence, kind of talking about how they were in love. And I think that really inspired, clearly, a lot of people to ask you, Austin, what happened next? We need to hear more about these characters. 
And I assume that's kind of what prompted you to decide to do this project, um, writing their story into love letters that you would send out. So that's uh, mostly true, yes. Um, I'd always, you know, think about these characters every so often when the episode replay, people, you know, send me messages. What are Roman and Kinsey up to? Uh, Roman and Kinsey's so cool. Um, I'd see little, sometimes little snippets of stories people wrote on Reddit about them. Um, their own, like, little fan fiction. I thought that was nice. And uh, so when Sean, he asked me, like, you want to be part of this love letter play idea? And so instantly the first thing I thought of was, you know, Roman and Kenzie have, like, three stories, Valentine's Day. Um, you know, perfect time to explore that. And, and that was pretty much uh, the start of it, yeah. I... Um, Immediately, the first thing I thought of was the bike uh, thing, because um, I've actually had a date sort of like that. It wasn't exactly oh. um, with a bike, but uh, we were, um, so I lived in Ann Arbor going to college at U of M, and they had uh, bike rentals or whatever. Um, one day, I paid for the bike, but I couldn't get out the thing at the start of the date. And the whole thing was supposed to be us biking around the city. And it wouldn't unlock. There was no other bikes in the area. It was like a pretty good summer day. A lot of people were doing the same thing. And so we ended up having to scrap that. So we just start walking around town. At one point, we ended up at five below. <laughs> and so... I'm just, we're just like spitballing, looking at everything in the store. She like threw one of the uh, like foam footballs at me and hit me in the head. And literally we just start throwing the ball at each other through the store. They were mad at us. (laughs) Yeah. They were jealous. They were like, they were like, man, why won't they throw the ball to me? (laughs) Yeah. So that was sort of like the inspiration behind the first letter anyway. Yeah, so I guess just to break it down, did you always know it would be three letters, or did you and Sean decide three is a good number for this project? Um, three was the number from the get-go, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the first letter, for anyone who hasn't read them yet, if you don't mind, if we say that the first letter is kind of like the first date for Roman and Kenzie. Right, yeah. Um, this is uh, where they meet up for the first time. Um, and so that's where they go onto a tandem bicycle. Now, is the tandem bike the most romantic bike? <laughs> it must be, right? It must be. I think it has to be, yeah. I mean, certainly more than a unicycle. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a lonely one. I guess one with I guess a bike with two wheels is equally as lonely as a bike with one wheel. <laughs> My other question is, which is the prime spot on a tandem bike? Do you want to be at the front so you can see better? Or do you want to be in the back so you can slack Ooh. off and not pedal? Because <laughs> let's be question. real. That's that's what the person in the back doesn't really pedal. Right? I've never been on a tandem bike. We, in Vancouver, um, on the seawall, a lot of people rent them to go, like, bike around the seawall. And I, like, saw people doing it, and I was like, I want none of those shenanigans. Give me a regular bike, and we rented, like, a normal, like, just normal two bikes. Um, Now I kind of wish I had done the tandem. But, yeah, I think the stress of deciding, do you want to steer, too? That seems stressful. 
I don't know if I would be able to remember that the bike is so long. I feel like I'd probably be the one steering just because um, I would have to trust the person, the other person riding with me regardless. And I wouldn't be able to trust myself riding because I've never done it before either. I've never done unis. I've like for anything that requires like a absurd amount of balance to perform, mm-hmm. like a skateboard or a scooter, I've never done those. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd have to be in the front. <laughs> Yeah, not not to not to brag, but during COVID, we each bought a longboard and have gone at least four times. <laughs> Catch me riding up and down my street in a very residential neighborhood. I like longboarded past like a 13 year old or something once that just like flew by me and I was like <laughs> I don't know what do you say like hang 10 brah <laughs> <laughs> the best part is doing it in like full pads like I have like every kind of padding available because mm-hmm. I'm like if I fall like this is gonna be bad news for me you know when you're a kid and you fall off a bike or anything it's totally fine but as an adult oh, like, see, my cousins we weren't smart we didn't wear pads we just crashed mm-hmm. and dealt with it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I have scar tissue on both of my elbows from crashing during like I don't know skateboarding or biking or something so now elbow pads are like definitely a good idea um, this is a not so funny but really funny uh, bike story mm-hmm. um, so I'm again this is another U of M story this one I have my own bike um, I get really into biking with music. I don't pay attention as much as I should. Mm-hmm. I, uh, and it was Friday. Last Friday night was playing in my headphones. Nice. <laughs> so I'm just ready to be done with the weekend, going to the dorm. Mm-hmm. And I ran into the back of this girl. And oh, she no. went down first. The bike flips over, and I flip over her and fall off the ground. Oh no. oh no! This is a terrible story. If you didn't fall madly in love after it, <laughs> I don't think we fell madly in love. She like she was ready to kill me. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> you were like I was jamming. It was crazy though. I didn't actually get that hurt from that one. I think it was all on her. Sorry if you actually are listening to this. You remember me? <laughs> you were a great padding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so when you were coming up with what would the first date for Roman and Kenzie be, did you base it off of what you thought that these characters in your mind would like, or were you thinking back to the bike date that you had been on and thought like, hey, that was a lot of fun, that would be fun to write Um The bike thing was mostly there. Um, so this is something I can reveal now that the letters have all been sent out. Um, originally, they were going to be just a little bit longer, because um, this is something... Uh, we can talk over again later in the podcast. Mm-hmm. This Most of this was going to be like a big sort of ploy on Roman's part. Because mm-hmm. um, his plan was always to get her to, you know, to his skate uh, park where he manages. Mm-hmm. And he was going to have uh, the kids there ready to set off fireworks. Mm-hmm. That she uh, mentioned during the day. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was one of the things that unfortunately didn't come through. But uh, the bike thing, yeah, that was all uh, planned. Mm-hmm. So do you know anyone or have you ever managed a skate park? Like, how did you come up with that as Roman's job? Uh, randomly. And <laughs> Fair. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, you're like, this guy is very cool. And this yeah. is probably the coolest job. I don't know what a cooler job would be. Yeah, Romans are having like a resurgence mm-hmm. right now too between like Roman in this story and Roman on succession. I feel like <laughs> like 2022 is the year of Roman. The first story kind of goes over their first date. And then I noticed that at the bottom of each of your love letters, kind of talking about a snippet of Roman and Kenzie's life, there were these prompting questions. Uh, what made you want to put questions at the bottom? How did you come up with the questions? And did you feel like it making it interactive added to the experience? Um, so that part was actually uh, Sean's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did originally plan to like write the letters to get people you know, to think. Uh, in the story, I know I make a small comment. Kenzie's coming mm-hmm. out of a different... Uh, worst relationship you know just want people thinking when they read the letters okay if they're coming out of it i'll come out of it and so sean you know he doubles down on that getting people thinking like what's other things that this story makes you think of that you love uh Mm -hmm. where you want to go favorite food stuff like that cool yeah i thought that was really fun it reminded me a little of like um almost like a choose your own adventure too Um, I wanted to ask as well, whose idea was it to put the stickers on the letters? Because they are so fun. <laughs> I was like, it brought me back to like being in like grade school and getting Valentine's Day cards and how exciting that was. That's honestly the feeling that I got every time I got one of these letters and got to open one. Um, so that was more of a joint effort, the sticker idea. Uh, you know, when they mail them out, they were the ones that put them on. Um, but originally, when we were thinking about how we wanted the letters to look, I would, uh, I'd approached them, like, what if we did, like, border art for, like, the printouts? Um, we had some ideas about that. Um, ultimately, we did go with the stickers, uh, just for simplicity, make the page more concise, less to distract from the actual story. And, you know, you can peel the stickers off, put them on your fridge, put them on glasses you know kelly from the editing room here so at this point in the podcast sean from unattended baggage co was able to jump on the call with us uh just in case anyone is wondering where the extra voice came from that is sean and i'll let you uh listen in on what he had to say and introduce himself so we were just chatting through letter one and Austin was kind of mentioning that like the questions at the bottom kind of came from you guys and your side of things. So why don't we, <laughs> who me? <laughs> so why don't we just um, have, uh, we've already introduced Austin and chatted a bit, but why don't we just introduce you now? Uh, and you can chat a little bit about your involvement in the project, and then we'll just get back on track. Hi, um, my name is Sean Pollock, and I'm the artistic director and founder, co-founder of Unattended Baggage. Um, and I am the producer, and I don't know I I guess I came up with the concept of the love letter plays. So conceiver, I guess. It feels like an appropriate title. Why don't we get into those a little bit as well, kind of like love letter plays and um, how you came up with that idea and maybe explain a little bit about what that is for anyone who might not be aware. Um, So yeah, my company, Unintended Baggage, um, we're a DIY production company based out of New York. um, And we've been making work for 
about five years now, and we started out doing site-specific and immersive kind of work. So work that um, takes place not in theaters, but like our plays. Um, and so, yeah, like I did a play on the street, and I did um, play in people's bedrooms. Our company started with a show that was in people's kitchens. So I've always been interested in kind of like immersive, like kind of different theatrical experiences. So we started out just doing live performance and now we've kind of pivoted to doing, um, film and TV stuff, which is cool and fun. But, um, yeah. So, uh, when COVID happened, obviously the industry was like, what the hell? Like <laughs> this was like a giant curveball. Uh, like, you know, people all over, artistic directors, writers, directors, producers, we're all like, how do we adapt to this? And I saw some digital theater productions, and um, some of them were, were really good, but then others were not as compelling to me. So I thought, okay, like, what can... What can I do beyond Zoom? You know, what can I do beyond something that like requires a screen? And um, I lived in Philadelphia for a very short period of time. And there's a company called Hella Fresh Theater that's run by this guy named John Rosenberg. And he made this play. I'm actually not. It's like a German title. And it starts with an F. It's like Freuschens. I'm like not even going to try, but... It's it's for those and it was yeah this play that he literally hand wrote all of these letters and there is like over twenty of them probably like there were so many and um and and John just does it all himself he's like total one man band and um I'm not gonna lie the story was a little hard to follow so like I sort of um paid less attention to it as time goes on I love you John if you're listening I'm sorry um but. I thought to myself, this is such a cool idea to do a, a play through the mail, even though, you know, I guess it's it's arguable, you know, if it's something is experienced through the mail, is it a play anymore? And I, I think one conversation that um, a lot of people have been having in the industry um, with, you know, COVID and making digital theater is, you know, where where's the line between digital theater and, and like, video or, yeah, when you have these other experiential things, like plays through letters. I know some people, like, came up with, like, almost like board games. Like, there are so many really exciting ways that people were not only trying to make... Um, products that were there were plays that were you know but the things that were actually immersive that the audience felt like they were participating in um because i think if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna make a play that's in a different you know medium like that i think you should try and integrate the audience as much as you can not always though like sometimes people are just down to read letters or watch a play on zoom or whatever but i i find that when you're when you're making such a, a sharp pivot like that, I think it helps to bring the audience into the storytelling. So that element of the love letter plays did not come until much later. It actually came out like kind of like the eleventh hour, and I didn't even really run it by Austin. So sorry, but <laughs> but so I'm sure he was like a little surprised to see it um, because I really was kind of racking my brain up until the very end, being like, okay, how do I? make this immersive but anyway sorry i keep talking and like not answering your question which is how did i come up with this concept 
why is the love letter plays so basically like john did this this play through the mail right and i was like this is really cool i do not have the bandwidth to make make 20 plus handwritten letters by myself that's insane and i'm just not gonna do that but what what could i do so then i started thinking okay well i feel like i could commit to a story in three parts i think that's something manageable and then i was like okay story in three parts so so when am I going to do this? And when I was looking at the calendar, I was like, you know, winter might be really rough. And lo and behold, I was right, by the way. I had to produce a premiere in January, at, like a live premiere of like my two short films, and it was like terrible. Like Omicron really showed up and said, like, go fuck yourself, everyone. <laughs> like, Yeah, Omicron and the weather, too. I feel like the weather was really yeah, harsh as yeah. well. And, and winter is just such a hard time for live performance in general. Like it always has been like any producer will tell you that. So um, I was like, okay, you know what, what if I do this in the winter? And then I was like, what if we do this for Valentine's day? Because I have been single every single Valentine's day of my life. Like it, all 29 years, baby, but who's counting? But yeah, it's, um, it's one of those things where I feel like there's so much hype around Valentine's day. And I think it's a holiday that, um, I actually had this conversation with my roommates last night. I really wish that, like, as a society, we kind of recognize, like, friendship as, like, an equally valid form of love to, like, romantic love. Um, But we don't, which is, like, stupid. Um, But I've always felt kind of left out in Valentine's Day for this reason, at risk of sounding, like, incelly, like, well, I mean. But, like, like, there is this feeling that, like, everyone around me is – engaged or having some sort of um romance that i am just not having so i thought you know valentine's day is this holiday where people feel alone how can i create something that makes people feel less alone and then the two concepts just came together and um i've been such a huge fan of nathan for you for so long since like 2016 and i actually have two separate nathan for you connections outside of austin which I'll talk about later. Yeah. Spicy. Uh, But uh, I, I remember uh, like Nathan for you is like a comfort show. Like whenever Mm -hmm. I just like going through it, I'm like, I need to put on Nathan for you. And I was rewatching that episode with Austin and I will be honest too, the part of it, I, I was watching it through the lens of like, is there something here that's going to inspire me? And seeing Austin read that, that sentence, um, <laughs> I was like, wait, this is so, this is so funny. Like I need, mm-hmm. I need to do something with this. And also with, um, with Unintended Baggage, we've been trying to, increase you know having artists who are not white people um and i was like i feel like this is gonna t- kill two birds with one stone and also nathan for you is is a show that has such a strong cult following and i just knew that like i i was all my friends love it too so i knew if i said to someone hey, hey like do you remember that guy who wrote the diary of times like i'm working with him on something that people <laughs> would be like oh my god yes like i know exactly what you're talking about i mean you either know exactly what i'm talking about or you don't and i feel like the people who knew <laughs> what i was talking about were like that is really fun um so yeah that's a very long-winded answer i'm sorry <laughs> i like don't know how to keep no things. it's okay 
No, it's all good. There's a lot to explain, like, especially with a passion project. I feel like there's so many different points that I totally relate to you on. Um, And, you know, to start with, we can start at Nathan for you. So a question that we normally ask our guests is, what got you started into watching Nathan for you? What is like your origin story with it? Uh, my ex-boyfriend actually got me into Nathan for you. And um, I remember very vividly the first episode I watched was the hunk slash the haunted house episode. Mm-hmm. And I oh, yeah. remember it's such a good one. It's such a good one. And like, I remember, cause I think the, the haunted house comes first and then it's the hunk. And, um, I remember like the, the whole point of it is to make this like litigious haunted house. And I remember being like sold, like, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, this is exactly my brand of humor. And I just loved how absolutely deadpan Nathan Fielder is. And like the complete, like people's complete inability to tell if he's serious or not. It's like so brilliant. It's arguably kind of mean. And I'm sure you guys have talked about this. And I did read an interview, by the way, where like Nathan talked about like if it was mean or not. But anyway, that was my first foray into Nathan for you. And I was just so hooked. I just could not get enough. I would say, you know, that episode was the first one I saw. So it's like always my favorite, but a close second is the best buy episode. I, there's, it's just that oh, one yeah. line where that girl's like so you got to you got me together so like we can like sue best buy like i'm totally (laughs) like the way she says it is so brilliant like she's in such disbelief and you're just like you like you i don't know it's it's so funny it gets me and then of course the crocodile yeah all of it all of it is so is so fucking good i don't know if i'm allowed to swear but yeah no you can We have no sponsors. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But this might be a good pivot, actually, for me to tell you my two other connections to Nathan for you. So um, I went to college um, with uh, this woman uh, who I'll leave unnamed. And uh, she went to L.A. So I went to Ithaca College. And Ithaca has, like, a satellite campus out in L.A. And I had a lot of friends who did TV and film, even though I was a theater major. And she interned for Nathan For You. um, And she worked (gasps) on the Ghost Realtor episode. It was her job. Yeah, it's hard to hear someone else living your dream. <laughs> We're going to go cry for the rest of our weekend. Thank you very much. I know. And it was her. So she said it was her job to get Sue Stanford to sign the release. <gasps> yeah. And she's, she's I messaged Sue Stanford on uh, um, in LinkedIn and she has not replied to me. And it has been the biggest downfall of my life. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but she strikes me as someone who, like, made a LinkedIn, like, once and probably doesn't look at it. I got LinkedIn Pro just so I could send her a message. Isn't that, like, the most embarrassing thing you've ever heard? It's, it's, it's like, not. You know what? Like, you have to go after the things that you want. In this Don't place. let your dreams be 
dreams. And honestly, if Austin hadn't accepted my LinkedIn request, I might have done the same thing. Because that's how I reached out to Austin. My other connection to Nathan for you. Well, first of all, I so this woman I know um, who worked on the, the Ghost Realtor episode. So she got to Sanford to sign the papers. And then she had to hold the boom mic during the, the like, ghost in Switzerland part. Like, during that. <laughs> I that that whole like had to like look away from it happening and like mentally go somewhere else not to laugh like she said it was like one of the hardest things she's ever had to do and then my other connection to nathan for you is i'm gonna be very vague about this one because my friend will kill me another friend of mine from college she hooked up with him if I give any is this episode ruin Megan and Kelly's whole life? <laughs> yeah, I think it might be. I'm so sorry. Austin, <laughs> console us. <laughs> I have literally so many there questions. There are so many things you have said that about. I have been like, oh, I want to say this. Oh, I have this to ask. Like you've given so much in such a compact amount of time. And I don't even know how to go back and unpack some of this. But wow, I would love it if um, any of those people would be interested in, you know, talking to us. I'll, I'll get Indeed Pro again or whatever it is. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it. I mean, the, the first woman I talked to, uh, she like really bounced from my friend group. So I haven't talked to her in many, many years. But um, as for my friend who hooked up with Nathan Fielder, all I will tell you is um, they they went to a hotel room together and um, she gave him a blowjob. And afterwards, he left because he said he had to feed his cat. And I Yo, think- respect. Gotta and, take care of the cats. He yeah, loves his cats. And, and it was actually this this ongoing kind of debate in my friend group because, like, I was like, I feel like Nathan Fielder is a gentleman, and he he really meant it, like that he needed to leave to feed his cats. But like <laughs> the other part of my friend group was like, Nah, dude. Like he was using you on an excuse to bounce, and he's just like so awkward that that was his go to excuse i i wish i could give more details on it but it's it's arguably not even my story to tell but um yeah yo we'll we'll talk to your friend if you want (laughs) call her call call her immediately get her on speaker (laughs) i know i know i mean i feel like i would die happy after that honestly like it's like what even what else you need to achieve like I would, yeah, I would kill to give Nathan Fielder a blowy. Not even because I'm attracted to him, but just for the clout, you know? Just for the story. <laughs> wow. This one from zero to 100 real quick, and I'm not mad about it. <laughs> okay, not to, like, break it down, but I do want to unpack the the whole cat feeding component just for a quick second. Now, <laughs> Austin, do you have any pets? I don't, but I have friends with pets that I truly love. Yeah. yeah, I have two cats, and I know that I can be gone for, you know, a full day, two days, and, you know, I have food left out for them. They're good. I, I, I do wonder, I do wonder, and I think that we'd have to ask more questions like, how long has it been since you've been home? Because 
maybe his cat has a condition. Yeah, that's true. Right? Like, I mean, and I also have a cat mm-hmm. and a dog. And I could see, you know. A dog, you for sure, there's a time limit. You got to yeah. go. And we don't leave the cat food out because the dog might get into it. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think, well, also, okay. So even if Nathan had been gone for a period of time, he has enough money to hire a cat sitter. Yeah. Like, he has enough funds to get someone else to feed his cat. And I think that's, that's, I think part of the reason why my friend was like, that's, my friends were like, that's bullshit. Because like, yeah, cats, you can, I'm like, I, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but I have known people who like left their cats for like two days, you know? And like, well, if you leave enough like food for them and water and like their litter's clean and everything, like two days for us, we found is kind of the max, but like you can send a text afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a question worth asking. I I just I think we might never know. You know? This is how we derail the whole episode and break down the blowjob. We're like, okay. <laughs> this is suddenly the only thing I'm gonna be thinking about. I well, I, mean, I have also a lot of follow-up questions that I don't even know from my friend. Like I, I wanna know like what hotel it was. That does make a difference to me. I'm assuming that Nathan Fielder is circumcised because he's Jewish, but maybe not. Um, I am curious why, you know, because at that point when you do the whole song and dance of being a hotel, I feel like a lot of people want to go all the way. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, why maybe he's more of an oral sex guy. And <laughs> I love that for him because sometimes that's all you need is a good blowy, in my opinion. But I feel like breaking down the blow job is going to be like TMZ's like next big thing. <laughs> They pick up this podcast, they're like, Nathan Fielder only likes blowies. Dear God, no one posts this on TikTok, please. Yeah, that's crazy. So what made you decide to message Austin on LinkedIn? Well, like I said, I mean, I think... I, when I rewatched that episode in particular, it, it just like really hit me. Like I was like, this is this is a person that is down to write things for money. <laughs> like I mean, that's like what what Austin does. So yeah, like, I, I meant LinkedIn specifically. It, like oh, oh, I right. could only find Sue on LinkedIn, so that's the only reason I did that. But everyone else has been like. Instagram and actually I was just saying to Kelly and Austin before this Anthony Napoli I messaged him a year ago almost like a full year ago and he got back to me yesterday (laughs) sometimes it'd be like that I feel (laughs) with why LinkedIn um I remember I found Austin's like Twitter I think but Mm. I just was like my Twitter I I'm like halfway in, halfway out with having an all like it, it like it is. I finally put my own linked tree in my bio. Link tree, linked tree. I never know how to say it, but like that has like you know my full name, Sean Pollock. But um, I like to keep my Twitter a little. A, a, a little um, discreet because um, sometimes I'd be reposting things. Sometimes I'd be making jokes that I don't necessarily want the whole world to know, you know, everyone's going to go look at your Twitter after this. 
<laughs> yeah, Austin's like, I gotta check this out immediately. <laughs> Should we take turns reading your old tweets? I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think I have anything bad, but like, maybe I do, but like, I don't know. I, uh, but in any event, um, I, I don't post my Twitter handle like anywhere, so like, good luck finding it. Actually, you probably can find it through the online. <laughs> Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, but. Um, yeah, I just, I will, it's also like when it comes to Twitter, I feel like that's a medium where like people really like craft specific personas. And I feel like it's very cringe. Like when people try really hard on Twitter to like be funny and like make that like their, their world, you know? And like, of course, like I do kind of want to be fit popular on Twitter. Like I do, that is a want I have, but like, I think I don't want to look desperate. So I feel like if I make it, if I just make it discreet and it happens to take off great, but like, I feel like if I put my whole identity out there like that and like try and make it my thing and it, it backfires, it, it just might be more cringe. And so to that end, I also think, cause I used to not even have my name on Twitter at all. Like it used to be totally discreet. So I felt like if I reached out to Austin on Twitter, he would be like, um, what? Like, who, like, who is this, like, this person? Like, who no, does? that's actually true. Like, people message me on Twitter, and it's usually like, yo, check out this uh, link to some uh, book I'm selling, or this uh, random, I don't even know, it's like, website. Like, the last one I got was from uh, Gaming Life or whatever. Like, just looking at it now. And I just, I never really uh, check Twitter messages. I've stopped. <laughs> yeah, also, you know? I, I will say that I think Twitter can be a very magical site where people have had luck. But I will tell you that um, I this past year, uh, I was trying to get the rights to um, Donnie Darko to make it into a play. And That's it's cool. been done before, actually. And, um, and in fact, it was done, one of the productions was done at um, York University oh. in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm sorry. What's the other one that's not York, the rival? Ryerson, yes. Toronto. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, uh, anyway, like, I tried everything, okay, to get in contact with Richard Kelly, like, I and his agent, and, like, no one responded to me, and he's very active on Twitter, and I tried to get him his attention on Twitter, and it, it didn't work, and there, so every time I would try to do Twitter, again, probably because my profile is a little, like, half in, half out, like, who is this person, you know, whereas if I feel like I really committed to, like, a professional Twitter or whatever, then it, it might work in my favor, but I also, maybe, I, I think a part of me feels like people people don't need access to me like that. Like, they already have my Instagram, they already have my Facebook, my Facebook fan page, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's enough. And my LinkedIn. You know, that's, like, enough public-facing Sean for for everyone. Like, they don't need more than that. That's four, se- or, well, I guess I have two Facebook pro- profiles, including my fan page. So, you know, that's enough. <laughs> so, anyway, that is that is why LinkedIn. My LinkedIn is very professional, I think. Um, has a good-looking headshot. I think I can trick people into thinking I'm like a person with my shit together, you know? That's just what LinkedIn is, I think. That's what we all do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. LinkedIn is so fake. Like, it is, it's actually, it's like performance art, how fake it is sometimes, you know? LinkedIn, like, LinkedIn influencers are like my least favorite group of people. Oh. That like, exists. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're always like, every story is like, 
on my way to an interview, like I bumped into someone and I helped yes. them. And then like two days later, like they were the ones interviewing me because I know what kindness is and like, <laughs> or they'll, they'll post this status being like, give this a like if you think companies should post the salaries on their job postings. And it's yes. like, it's lazy content. That's what it is. Yeah, you're totally right. I have seen this before, um, and it's incredibly cringe. Like, I, I love the ones that are like, a guy walked in my office with a prison record for like killing his mom, his whole family, raping their corpses. But I gave him a second chance, and now he's like the top earning. But you know what I mean? Obviously, I'm exaggerating. But like, there's also those like. <laughs> you mean that's not a real story? <laughs> well, I mean, uh-huh. it was real. <laughs> But like, like it's always like, don't judge a book by its cover. Hashtag open to work. Hashtag, and you're like, ugh, like, bomb. <laughs> like, it's incredibly fun. But also, I was a literary manager for a theater company in the city. And when I was, like, literary manager, and that was, like, on my profile. And I still get it, by the way. People jump into my DMs on LinkedIn all the time trying to sell me their scripts. As if I have any money. Like, as if I... Uh, like, as if I don't run, like, the most, like, DIY, like, production company in the world that, like, literally the only reason we have any money right now is because we did a crowdfunding campaign after, like, you know, a year and a half of, like, not doing anything. You know, like, as if I, I have any amount of... Bitch, if I had money, like, I wouldn't be producing your thing. I'd be producing my thing. <laughs> like, but anyway, um, it's the thought that counts, and it's the hustle that counts. So mm-hmm. even though, like, I'm, like, you clearly think I'm a different person than I am, I do kind of respect people's gall to just, like, go for it and, like, pitch mm-hmm. me their scripts, especially when if you do any amount of research with the work that I do, like, people will send me these, like, family-friendly, like, I've gotten, like, a lot of Christmas pitches before, and I'm, like, I, that's not that's never been the kind of work I do <laughs> so anyway sorry if we got derailed no. but yes I guess that's why LinkedIn right it's it's a great place to like fake to have your shit together <laughs> yeah definitely so why don't we move on by asking one of the questions that was at the bottom uh so Austin is there something you can think of that's on your bucket list Ooh. Oh my god, so many things. And actually, uh, we were uh, talking about this before we started, but mm-hmm. in Jamaica, um, this is where we did some of the like last touches on the letters. Um, mm-hmm. Snorkeling was actually on my list. Oh, that's before. so fun. Mm-hmm. I had half a heart attack the minute I got in the ocean, but I did it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's on my list, too. It was too. so fun. They, um, actually, com- I put a post on Instagram about it. And, uh, you know, the black and white fish from Finding Nemo in the fish tank? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are a million of those out there just everywhere. The one with, like, the scar over its eye that looks, like, real tough? Yeah, someone said they were called, uh, shoot, what did they say they were called? <laughs> um, Moorish Idols, I think it was the name. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty cool. And, um... So that was definitely something I enjoyed doing, getting that off my bucket list. I did ATV riding, just mm. stuff out there. It was great. Yeah, it sounds like you went on like a bachelor date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I, I meant to ask you about that. Um, yeah, you look like you're having a time in your life. I was kind of jealous, honestly. <laughs> on what's on your bucket list? 
like my my life bucket list or like my romantic bu- bucket list like Kenzie I think, has. I think either. Up to yeah. you. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, we've already all established it's giving Nathan Fielder a blowjob <laughs> and then having him abandon you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's like definitely that's up there. Yeah, that's definitely up there. <laughs> that's definitely. Did she at least stay at the hotel for the rest of the night? Get a free room? I actually don't know the answer to that. I'd have to ask her. But there is something like very funny about that image about like Nathan like leaving her to feed, to feed her cats and her just like I'd like oh. order room service. Yeah. Call Kelly. Yeah. Oh my god. So what is what is on my bucket list? Well, you know, I will say the one thing that is on my bucket list is I really would love to own property in Canada oh. because oh. I I don't trust it here. Okay, and like, I'm, 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 I'm like actually y'all are like kind of you kind of fell off. Like there's something going on there with like the anti-vaxxers. Oh right? yeah, like, we don't even we don't talk about those people. <laughs> we don't talk about the Ottawa people. <laughs> Right before the podcast uh, started, Austin, Kelly, and I were chatting about, like, I'm about to buy some property, and I'm like, let's go a little up north, let's get away from a few of the people that maybe I don't want to associate myself with over in Ottawa, because a lot is going on, and we used to think, like, oh, no, that's only America's problem, but oops. (laughs) Brutal, yeah. Yeah, um... So I, that is like definitely like a bucket list thing of mine because I went to a director's lab in Toronto a few years ago and I just fell so in love with it. It was at the, um, the Tarragon Theater. Oh, mm-hmm. um, and it was, yeah, and it was an awesome experience. And I just like fell so in love with it. And um, I'm in grad school right now for uh, writing and producing for television. And I'm mm-hmm. uh, doing an internship. I don't know where I'm going to be placed yet, but I'm working with an agency um, to be, uh, placed at some internship in Toronto this summer. Oh, we'll have to show you. Yeah, around. I live right downtown, so definitely hit me up. Yeah, and I'm I'm hoping to spend some time in Vancouver nice. too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so definitely that's like up there. I remember I actually had to make. Well, I didn't have to, but like my therapist recommended I actually like make a bucket list like a few years ago, and I remember I, it was like shortly after this experience when I went to Toronto, and so I actually wrote down some stuff, and I remember I was like I have to narrow it down to like five. I wish I could find it, but I, so I think it's that like owning property in Toronto slash like if I can't do that, just like spending more time in Canada because I love Canada. Um, I also really want an English bulldog. Ooh. I've been having bulldogs. Mm ever over like the last few years and um i really want to get one now in terms of like romantic like bucket list things besides giving nathan fielder a program <laughs> um i would have to say i think it, it it feels cliche but i would really love like a, a tropical or not, not even tropical actually but just like in a getaway in some place that's like really fucking mind-blowing like um like the northern lights yeah i know austin also wants to move to canada so i'd like to think that we are slowly tricking americans into yeah. moving here that are friendly yeah cool americans come up here i plan to be there for the next pandemic y'all got two thousand a month and we- <laughs> i didn't you have yeah it's a specific situation like neither of us got money neither of us got any money that's well, what we will say though is that despite the $2,000 a month or not, I think an incentive for me in Austin is the amount of government funding for art. 
like that is mm. what is so badass about Canada. Like I, I know it's not as easy as being like money, please, but like it does kind of seem like that. Whereas like in the U.S., it's like it's like fucking Squid Game to like get a grant. <laughs> like it's I, I've tried so many times, um, and it, like getting government funding here, like I'm just like maybe I should just sell my kidney or something. Like mm. this is such bullshit. Actually, a kidney, even selling my own kidney, wouldn't be enough. Like that's how much of a hellscape we live in. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think those are the only things like that come to mind immediately. They're on my bucket list. Oh, uh, I don't think this was on my list, but I'm just gonna throw it out there. When I was a kid, I went in a hot air balloon, Ooh. and I would love to do that again. Um, I thought it was really cool. Um, it was in Arizona, and I remember everyone had mimosas afterwards, but I wasn't able to have them. Oh. Like, 10 or something but i feel like that sounds really fun slash maybe romantic yeah it sounds very romantic depending on who you're with i think that's like a like you know you're like an established relationship certainly not like a first date because that's a very small space to be trapped (laughs) with someone yeah i also feel like there is some potential for death there and like i would like to avoid that on a first date you know yeah i don't know you don't hear about a lot of hot air balloon accidents, but they must happen. They've yeah. gotta happen. <laughs> you're you're in like a helium balloon in the sky. Like there is no way that can't not go wrong. <laughs> so in the first letter that we've chatted a little bit about, we saw that Rowan and Kenzie had a very romantic first date, and we heard a little bit about Austin's like favorite ideas for a first date. Austin. Is there anything for a first date? If someone planned it for you, that would be a total deal breaker. Like something you would hate to do on a first date. For a first date, it has to be something more one-on-one. Like if you invite me on a first date and like, let's go to watch a movie and that's it. No, it has to be something, you know, we can talk, we can chat, we can learn something about each other. So it can't be like, oh, let's go to the movies. Let's go to a sports game. Let's go, and I just call it a sports game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's go see some sports. <laughs> uh, anything that's just sort of like spectator uh, mode only, I wouldn't want to do that as a first date now. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's you know something you do once you're more comfortable with the person. You kind of mm-hmm. know them. You can enjoy the movie together. You can make jokes about the sports because you uh, got that chemistry down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would probably agree. Um, I used to design escape rooms and I worked in escape rooms for many years and I absolutely do not recommend it as a first date. I have seen some very awkward dates. And so on the other end of that, something that's like very immersive that you're spending a lot of time with the person, you normally want to know them at least for a few dates first. Yeah. Sean, do you have any deal breaker first dates? Okay, so first of all, I used to work in an immersive um, paint bomb escape room in New York, mm. and it was—I tell you stories for days, like hard. Yeah. Nonsense. 
Um, I feel that. Before that, I, that. <laughs> before that um, I actually worked in um, an immersive Downton Abbey exhibit, and I used to have to listen oh. to the Downton Abbey theme song on a loop for eight hours a day. And oh only, my god! I'm like not kidding. It's like kind of a trigger for me. Like I like can't watch Downton Abbey. Um, so needless to say, like also I feel like those things, if you're gonna do them, are way more fun in a group because if it's just yeah. you and one person, like. Like, especially because honestly, honestly, the tea is that I'm bad at them. Like I'm kind of bad at figuring out like how to like what like I, it's a lot of like round peg and square hole stuff. Like a lot of you know what I mean. And like trying to like pick up on very subtle hints. And yeah, I I'm not the best at that. I wish I was, but so I feel like actually I would agree. I would not do that on a first date. I would do that maybe on like a double date or like with friends, but. Yeah, not not a one-on-one stitch. Um, I think it's hiking for me. I think it's totally hiking because I do like hiking, um, but I just don't think it's sexy to see me like like <laughs> visibly out of breath, sweating. Um, I just feel like that's not that's not it for me. Um, so I do have a fun story about a first date in hiking. So um, I was working at a mountain resort in BC and everyone there, it's like everyone's new and like you just want to like say yes to everything. And so like this cute guy asked me if I want to go hiking with him. And I was like, oh, absolutely. I love hiking. I'm like so outdoorsy. <laughs> and it ended up being like literally an eight hour hike up an actual mountain where this guy so uh a friend of mine and I went and this guy and he walked like 10 feet in front of us the whole time and I kept being like if you want to go on without us like it's okay we're slowing you down we're holding you back he's like no you can do it and he was so encouraging but like I was so dead afterwards I think it took like eight hours to get up and back down and I was like shaking at the bottom I was like oh my god this was a lot (laughs) and I'm still dating him so it's been a long time but (laughs) it's been like eight years but now he goes on like he used to have one week of vacation more than me each year so he goes on like these long hikes up like mountains and the Adirondacks on we have um, a long trail called the Bruce Trail he'll go hike like 150 kilometers and I'll like show up for the last two days and like we'll get a cabin and I'll make sure to buy like (laughs) steaks and stuff to cook at night um He's just like a little more extreme, but I thought it would be a great first date. And then I was like, oh my God, I can't even speak to you. Uh, but you look cute from afar. The way that is my worst fucking nightmare. <laughs> the, way, the way that like that would make me so incensed. I tried to bail so many times. I kept being like, you seem like you've got really good momentum. Like, I don't want to hold you back. Because for me, like my biggest thing is like, I don't want to hold him back. And I always feel like when we're doing stuff like this, he's waiting for me. And that like kills me. I'm like, no, you can just go. <laughs> but... We did it. We have like separate photos at the top. We don't have one together, but it's like been my mom's phone background for like forever. Oh, well, I feel like I, I'm down to take a walk. You know, it's not like I'm, I'm adverse to like any form of physical exercise. I just feel like there is 
I, there's vulnerability there. I mean, unless you're, like, super in shape, like, mountain man, like, or, like, athletic superstar, like, yeah, you're going to be, like, winded and, like, sweaty and, like, dehydrated and, like, yeah, like, especially if someone is, like, like really committed and, like, booking it and, like, like running circles around you. Yeah. yeah like, that, that seems really stressful <laughs> but it's extreme. i will say i do think hiking is i don't think it's ideal for like an actual date maybe it was part of like a vacation excursion because mm-hmm. i've actually had sort of a uh, uh hiking date go terribly wrong this oh is- my gosh tell us everything <laughs> moment but right after we were just laughing so um me oh and- that's nice and when I lived in LA, I got really into hiking, going up Santa Monica Mountains, all that. Mm-hmm. And me and my friend, we thought we went to the right entrance at this one hiking trail we did before. Um, it was a different one. All right, so the hill curves going into the mountain, and on the other side of the hill is just a line of trees. And you can't see what's beyond it going up. Um, so we go up, we have a good time, we're coming back down. We see on the way down, on the other side of the trees, these metal bins. And my first thought, oh, that's a compost uh, site. Um, I've never seen one, so I said, hey, let's just go check this out. And there's no warning signs when you're heading up that way. No uh, beware of bees, no don't cross. Oh, no! Are there bees? <laughs> well, we go over there, and... A bee, we, we got in the middle. I'm just sort of looking around, just looking at everything. A bee flew in my face. I just, like, gently batted it away. Then another one came. Then they all came. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I lost my water bottle on that hill, swatting the bees away as we ran. <laughs> Getting swarmed by bees is so dangerous. I just found out that I'm, like, deathly allergic to bees this year. <laughs> this has unlocked a new fear for me. <laughs> Um, we didn't get stung, but we weren't the only ones curious about that. Somebody's dog got uh, pretty messed up. Oh, no. And so they have to call uh, park ranger security, whatever, who takes care of it. Because um, there's no warning signs, nothing to tell you that it's a dangerous site over there. That's so scary. Damn, that could have really gone south, yo. Like, shit. <laughs> I feel like the only, like, a really bad date I've ever been on was kind of my own fault. I, like, begged this guy to take me out to learn how to drive standard because I really wanted to learn. And I thought that was, like, a really great first date idea. We don't like this guy. (laughs) It was not very fun. And it was very challenging. And I didn't even realize that it wasn't even his car that we were using. It was his brother's. So I felt so bad. I was like, I don't want to like stall your brother's car and like ruin the transmission i did learn how to do it though and he made me drive us to the date like we went and got dinner after and i was like you're gonna make me drive all the way to dinner and he was like yeah you have to learn this way it was way too intense i do feel like you did ask you you kind of asked for that <laughs> i thought it was gonna be like cute and sexy and it was just like extremely stressful that's ne- i would never think of driving as something that's cute and sexy <laughs> It, like, actively stresses me out. (laughs) I mean, like, we were at university, so it wasn't too bad. Like, we were, like, on our campus. Like, it's not... If we were in Toronto or something, that would have been absolutely 
literally a nightmare but like we were like in a parking lot so it wasn't like the worst but then he was like no you're gonna go on the road and drive us to dinner i was like um excuse you what (laughs) (laughs) um can i just say i went on a really bad first date recently um that was probably one of the worst first dates i've been on i've had notoriously terrible dating luck um I'm really, yeah, it, it's it's been a tough road for you, girl. Um, but so I went on a date recently um, at this bar in Brooklyn, and um, it was this guy who, yeah, we've been talking for a little bit, and he was like, he's like a socialist, and I'm a member of the Democratic Socialists of America, and like he was really into DSA too, and like it's so hard to even find that. So I was like, yes, we had like this great conversation, and anyway, um, he was canvassing. He was doing political organizing for um, some, I don't know, someone in Brooklyn that day. And I get to the bar and he's like, hey, I'm sorry, canvassing ran late. Um, I'm going to be a little late. And I was like, okay. So then he came 40 minutes late. And then um, he was drunk. Um, And he had said that, like, after canvassing was over, he was drinking with um, his comrades. And then he started to leave and realized he left his back backpack there so then he had to go back so yeah he was 40 minutes late um drunk um also didn't have any money like did not spend any money on anything um and then he put on the nets game on his phone um and like played it like oh and, like God. he like popped it up again so imagine we're in a booth right and at the end of the tables like the wall right <laughs> then he like props up his phone playing the nets game um and it's just like just starts talking to me as if that's like not a totally way. fine and normal. Yeah, oh normal my god! Really <laughs> fucking disrespectful thing to do. Um, and yeah, and then I got him a slice of pizza, and we made out. And um, oh, <laughs> I never heard him again. Yeah, it was it was a really weird time. Um, I definitely should have left. I had that thought multiple times. Like I should leave, but um, I was like, you know what? Maybe at the very least, it'll turn out to be an interesting story. And I was right. So sometimes things are worth doing for that reason alone. Yeah. When I was in line for a club in university, a guy gave me a slice of pizza and I made out with him. So I feel like that's the equivalent trade. Like when you are given a slice of pizza, you probably you're probably gonna make out with the person. That's what I've learned today. Yeah. No, I I think that's complete there's a lot of truth in that scene. (laughs) (laughs) Only equals one peck. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So we're moving on from first dates because we, in part two of the letter, we do a really big jump in Kenzie and Roman's relationship. And we move a pretty, pretty big jump and we move on to the engagement. Now, to my knowledge, Kelly is the only person here that is engaged, <laughs> just based off of a few stories. <laughs> yeah, <I'm just> <laughs> so, um, Austin, when you were coming up with this proposal, is this your dream proposal? Like, it seemed pretty romantic. I liked it. We won't give away too many spoilers, but um, is this how you would love to be proposed to? Ooh, me? Uh- yes. I've never actually thought about the proposal. I've put a lot of thought into like my actual wedding for no reason. Mm. Oh, we're going to dive into that then. Okay. How does one wine and dine Austin Bowers? <laughs> so one of just the- putting it out there for the ladies. 
So one thing I always uh, show people, I have like this wedding note on my phone, like ideas I have. Mm. And so um, my Twitter name, uh, Red Hood underscore Ghost, um, the name Red Hood I got because growing up every Friday I'd hang out, I had like this Red Hoodie, my friend would call me that. And it just stuck mm-hmm. So for my wedding, I want a red tuxedo that has a hood oh. on it. And oh. No idea. Like, I lift her veil. She pulls my hood down. Uh, <laughs> oh. We all audibly, like, gasped. We were like, <laughs> the, the romance. I can see it in my, in my head. Yeah, that's uh, the biggest one. <laughs> Give us more. Uh, yeah, that- tell us everything. Yeah, I'm hooked. <laughs> Kelly's like, I'm, I'm planning my wedding right now. <laughs> she like steals all your ideas in a photo. She's in a red hood. <laughs> I definitely want it to be at night. Um, so that way when we go on uh, the honeymoon, we'll get there wherever we go, like in the morning. So we have that full oh. next day. Mm-hmm. Good, good logistics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Logistics are important I, in a wedding. wedding. That's kind of horny. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I feel like weddings are normally during the day, right? Um, in the day. afternoon. Yeah, late afternoon. Yeah, but that afternoon is also not night. I should yeah. know this, but Kelly, what time does your wedding start at? Uh, it starts at like 5.30. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a little bit of a night wedding. Yeah. Next week we're going to a wedding that starts at 6.30. Oh. Yeah. I'm sorry. I Yeah, I centered my experiences around weddings here, and clearly there are some night weddings. Mm. Maybe it's not as horny as I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is. It <laughs> <laughs> So, Austin, are there any other notes about your wedding that you would like to share? <laughs> you, you had a really strong start. Yeah, it's definitely going to be small. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I hate when I watch, when I go to other people's weddings, is when people clink the glass because mm-hmm. they want to kiss. So, like, I do not plan to have any sort of, like, glass or silverware for people. They're going to have oh. red cups and like those <laughs> Force you to that CPS. I thought you were gonna say that they were gonna have to eat with their hands, like a new, like at medieval times. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we like aggressively like medieval times. Don't mind us. <laughs> medieval times. Yeah, I mean, what's not to like? My friend had a medieval wedding in college, um, and she was sort of like a, a prince. She wanted to dress up like one, mm-hmm. and so I was the man of honor at the wedding. So. Princess for her. Oh, oh, okay, Austin. I am Kelly's maid of honor. Do you have any tips for being a good best person? Dress worse. Dress worse. Oh, done. <laughs> her, her dress is incredible. It's our the check marks there. All right. What, what about his speech? Do I want to go super embarrassing? Do I want to be like loving and friendly? I will take your notes seriously. <laughs> Um, Kelly's fate rests in your delicate hands. Start super sweet, end embarrassing. <laughs> That's how I would do it. Okay. I can live with that. 
And then I uh, turn to whoever my friends marry, like, this is the person you chose to spend your life with. Enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) Megan lived with both of us, so I think she... She's got the scoop on uh, me and and my family pretty well. So we all lived together in a house. Um, On the upstairs floor, it was Kelly's room, her current fiance Colin's room, and then my room. And I moved in and was like, oh my God, this is going to be the best year. I'm living with my best (laughs) friend Kelly. We're going to hang out all the time. And then she starts hanging out with this guy that's in the room in between us. And suddenly she's busy all the time. He's sleeping over in her room all the time. I'm like, yo, where's my cuddle buddy when I'm hammered and need to pass out? Well, you know, chatting about some good gossip, but he's equally as fun and down to chop to talk about some good gossip. So it's okay. Well, I, this would be a great time for me to say then that um, my roommate's boyfriend just moved in mm-hmm. um, and they met each other. They, I, so I thought they met each other um, playing video games, but I was actually mistaken. They met each other in the YouTube comment section. No, whoa. Like, yeah. <laughs> what was the comment? I, I can't. I can't remember. It was like some live stream, like of some some gamer. And then they like formed a Discord group, and yeah, whoa. I thought they met playing Call of Duty, but it turns out they just play Call of Duty a lot. Mm, so, uh, anyway, or not Call of Duty, Left for Dead. Damn, I don't know any of this shit. <laughs> and there's, like, zombies involved. You have uh, so many interesting stories, but you're missing, like, just just one more thing that I'm dying to know. Like, what was the comment? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did she stay overnight at the hotel? Uh, yeah, these are things I don't know. Did need then actually have a cat to feed or like was he looking for an excuse yeah there's a lot of mysteries here. can you tweet at nathan fielder looking for confirmation (laughs) (laughs) if she hasn't she definitely should i don't know i don't know i feel like it's bad enough that i like brought it up like it's definitely i guess like not my story to tell but you know what happens i hooked up with someone who was on survivor once like (gasps) oh my god who we love survivor Survivor. (laughs) But anyway, yep, so that was the thing that happened once. Um, so I don't know, where where are we going with this? We Why were talking I... about the ultimate proposal you would like. Right, yes, exactly. What is the ultimate proposal I would want? I, I think I think maybe it's a little cliche. I think I probably honestly want it in like Washington Square Park or something in oh, New York. Nice. That was where I Wait, um, you're moving to Canada, sir. Yeah, well, I can just go there for the proposal, right? Okay. Wedding, so there can be mm-hmm. proposals, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, guess. My, I was proposed to in New York. Okay. Destination so, proposal. Yeah, yeah that's, mm-hmm. that's what we would call destination proposal. In Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, I definitely don't want it to be too over the top. I also, I feel like I don't want... I've actually put some thought of this, but what kind of wedding I want. And it's hard because sometimes I feel like there's a part of me that wants like a traditional wedding just because like we're conditioned to want that, you know? And like, there's a part of me that's like, wow, like what would it be like if there's like a flower girl and like my whole family and like a ring bearer and like, all, and then I'm like, that's so campy. I'm like, I think I want, I don't want something that's like cringe. I feel like I want something that's like, maybe like on a beach or something or maybe like a really nice park or in someone's backyard you mm-hmm. know and i feel like it's it's like 
I don't know, people dress up, it's not like too, too dressy. And then, actually, I kind of like the backyard idea a lot. Um, yeah, then we like eat pizza and like we get drunk. There's an amazing DJ, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know, something that's not too, too campy, too over the top, you know? I feel like I would just want like an elaborate games night. And I just also happen to be getting married in the corner. It's like, hey, guys, just give us five minutes and then we're just going to keep all hanging out. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Playing the game of life. Yes. Yes, Austin. The game of life. Yeah. It's like just like an elaborate scavenger hunt. Yeah. Like land on the get married space. His turn is next. Instead of yeah. uh, rolling the dice, he just like holds out the ring. Yeah, yeah. At some point, the task is get married, and then you like very quickly move on to other things. <laughs> yes, I love that for you. I totally see it. Thank you. Yes, I now over many years, I have I've gotten to the point with my boyfriend where I've told him like for the first few years, I would just like mention that you know Easter is my favorite holiday. I love scavenger hunts, and now every Easter he plans like the most elaborate scavenger hunt throughout my house with like prizes and I there are items that I find to unlock a key that gets me to another floor of the house with other like things and there's wheels that I spin so you know <laughs> it's gonna be wild <laughs> wait that's crazy. Wait, also something that's been on my mind is what is everyone's sign here I feel like that's important in how we're like viewing relationships and weddings mm. and I feel like it puts a filter on the whole thing can we just go around and do that just so I can know this has come up before because I also got married on a podcast hosted by someone who was on survivor um and people were horrified by this and someone actually went and looked up my sign when it came up that this was going to happen and they were very shocked to find out that i'm a leo okay all right that doesn't totally surprise me um i think leos are great so yeah that's great austin austin what is your sign i may have to look this up okay (laughs) i've never really paid attention to star signs all that much i know i'm and mine starts with L. I just don't know which one. Libra. 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 There it is. I feel like you mm-hmm. seem like a Libra. Mm, okay. <laughs> Very balanced. I was it would be an Earth sign, but yeah, okay, I see it. I would have thought Pisces, but because mm, of the love notes. Mm. I'm an Aries. And I don't know anything about them other than that. <laughs> I know Kelly like knows a lot more about it. I sent her my birth time once. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Aries are competitive, so it makes sense that you're, like, really into puzzles and shit. Yeah. I get extreme. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm a Scorpio, which uh, it horrifies everyone, actually. Everyone hates Scorpio. I'm not horrified yet. Tell me why Scorpio is good or bad. Well, Scorpios are known for being um, sex crazed maniacs. <laughs> it's like literally in everything I read that they have like magnetizing sexual um, powers and like control oh. people through sex. Yeah, that's like what is out there a lot. That is like the general. I'm not even kidding. Like people think Scorpios are horny, manipulative, crazy sex freaks. And um, yeah, I mean. I don't know. There are elements of it that resonate me with me, like pas- like uh, Scorpios are really passionate and um, they're really ambitious and um, they're like really independent. And also, they are yeah, they 
they get around and uh, they tend to please people that way. And, uh, you know, I've had some good sex. So I think, I think that's, that's maybe a part of it. But anyway, my, my can't, my, uh, my Mar, no, my Venus, that's how you're, um, that's how you're going to view romance. Cause there's like your star sign, but then there's the other placements and your Venus is all about like how you navigate and approach romance. And my Venus is in Sagittarius, which means I'm restless. So it makes sense <laughs> actually. Probably why I struggle with dating so much. I get bored easily. It's true. Guys, I had to look up what Nathan's star sign is. Oh, I looked it that. up. I looked it up at the same time. So oh. why don't you break down Austin's star sign and then we'll do Nathan's and then we can move on to the last letter. Oh, wait. So Austin's a Libra, right? That's what we decided. Yeah. Libras are, are like very balanced. Well, it's been said that Libras stand for everything and they stand for nothing. Yes. Um, I Libras are known to be people pleasers. Um, Libras are also known to be great leaders because they're really diplomatic. They're really charming. They're like insanely charming people and they're very well liked. Um, and usually they do pretty well romantically because they're also known for being flirts. Ooh. Oh, Austin, do you think you're a big flirt? Uh, some people would have you think that, but no, not really. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, we don't know what your Venus is, so that would really, you know, tell us. So I feel like your star sign is only one part of, like, a larger puzzle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nathan's a Taurus, which is fun. Um, Very loyal, but also can be um, bullheaded. <laughs> Yes, that that kind of resonates. Like, I actually feel like it makes sense because I feel like Tauruses are really, like, businessy people. Like, they're really yeah. practical. And it, it makes sense that even if that's not who Nathan, like, actually is, like, he literally pretends to be a serious businessman. So that's... Um, he graduated with really good grades. <laughs> <laughs> so, <Sorry>. excuse you. <laughs> that was... Yeah, that was top-notch Canadian University. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, we, we love UBC. <laughs> you know, I actually uh, applied to grad schools in uh, mm. Vancouver, um, like in the last year when I applied to grad school, and I didn't get into any of them. Oh, <laughs> so, where did you apply? Um, did UBC in Toronto. Yeah, I applied to, well, actually, I didn't end up applying to York, but I was going to. But I applied to UBC, and I applied to UVic. Oh, nice. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it didn't work out. It's okay. Well, you can still come visit. Yeah. Exactly. I'm interning there. I made it my goal. I was like, Mm -hmm. if I, I, you know, go to school in the States, I'm going to find some way in, like, this grad school experience to get to Canada. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of... There's a lot of opportunities here, too, in arts. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait, so we're moving on to the second part of the letter? Or the third part of the letter? Yeah, we could also answer one of the questions that you guys came up with. Whoa. I don't know about this one. In this space, draw your deepest wedding fantasies. Oh, I wow. feel like this is a Kelly one who is actually having a wedding soon. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm the needles and pins here. I, I mean, it's too late. Like my wedding is already set. Though I will say, having had to plan a wedding three times has been a nightmare that I would not wish on anyone. I mean, like I assume this isn't like horny nighttime wedding fantasy. This is like <laughs> well, this your wedding starts at five thirty, girl. <laughs> we established that's a horny wedding. 
my ideal fantasy for my wedding is that I have like five old fashions and um, our DJ plays the 10 minute version of All Too Well, even though Colin said he doesn't want that. Mm. Now, when we were at Kelly's uh, bachelorette party in Austin, Texas, we were at a dueling piano bar. And I know that Kelly and Colin love Space Jam. So I grabbed one of the piano players and was like, here, will you play Space Jam? And the guy's like, what do you mean? What is this? And I was just like, just play like the theme song. And he's like, okay, I'll go look it up. And I paid this guy like 60 bucks to go memorize the Space Jam theme song. <laughs> and then he played it. And while he was playing it, he was mocking me that he had to learn and play this song. And I was like, excuse me, sir. And then Kelly and Colin were pretending to play basketball on the stage. And it was actually pretty sick. It was a dream to play fake, pl- fake play basketball on that stage. So I actually, there's a question that I have been wanting to ask Austin, and actually I found a very smooth transition. So check this one out. So one of the other questions on this letter is, are you getting married to another person, an object, to God? And last time we spoke, we had chatted about the fact that in France, you can legally marry a dead person slash a ghost. That is true. You thought that that would be a really great movie idea and a great movie concept. And I just wanted to follow up so that if there's anything I should keep on my radar for the greatest movie of all time that I know if it's getting made. Hollywood, are you listening? This is a great idea. I need it to be made. It would be amazing. Yeah, I think you got to be the one to write it. Yes. You You are the only man for the job. Now... While you ponder that, uh, Sean, I will let you know that there is a a question that we traditionally ask all guests, and that is, is it cheating if it's with a ghost? No. No. (laughs) Austin, your opinion changed. (laughs) No, because, you know, I I think, like, if you're cheating with someone on the same physical existence... The same physical plane. If you're having an experience with someone that, like, transcends, like, space and time in that way, like, having sex with a ghost, then I feel like I, I should be happy for my partner, you know? Like, if that's something they want to experience, why should I hold them back from that? That's a very beautiful answer. so austin has your opinion changed because last time you said yes it was cheating um i would say yeah it has changed um i have into it uh more along lines of what sean just said um it is a more unique experience um i'm not gonna fault someone for that um I wouldn't fault myself for it because I. Oh. <laughs> Austin, have you met a ghost since we last spoke? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! More well, friendly I- than you might think. Oh. <laughs> what I was gonna say is, I want to go back really quickly to that question that is in the final part of Love Letter Plays, which is you know, like, who or what are you marrying? And I, I wrote, like, an object in there. And I'm really fascinated by object sexuality disorder. Like, that's, like, a real thing. Like, there is Whoa. a woman who's, like, married to the Eiffel Tower in Paris. And, yeah. Um, a roller is coaster. there? There's someone yeah. married to a roller coaster. Yeah. Okay. But can the object consent? 
<laughs> Technically, no. Because <laughs> they don't they don't own the roller coaster or the Eiffel Tower. I feel like you have to own the object to be able to marry the object. I don't know. I feel like it, it, it kind of reminds me of, like, NFTs. It's, like, <laughs> it's like this, like, this, like, very sham thing. Like, it's, like, like, they own something, but they really don't, you know? You know what? Just what Austin mentioned about eight balls, I feel like that is the one object you could maybe have a relationship with, because it can actually answer back. Yeah. Mm, like, yeah. will you marry me? Ashley. Yeah, you need an interactive object. It has to be able to, like, say something (laughs) back. And the only thing I can think of right now is the eight ball. Like a Furby, don't they? Yeah, something something you have to take care of, like a Tamagotchi. You have to, like, actually put in effort to the relationship. Like, if you're married to the Eiffel Tower, like, how are you showing the Eiffel Tower that you love it every day? I don't know if you are. What have you done for the Eiffel Tower today? Everyone <laughs> asked yourself that. Have you ridden the roller coaster enough times? No, so actually, in regards to this, there's this funny thing I've been doing on Twitter lately. Um, mm-hmm. I started this last month. Like, I would, because, uh, you know, people notoriously don't like uh, Monday, going to work on Monday, waking up on Monday. Oh, and- Yeah. One day, um, let me see, I'm fine. I just made this offhand uh, tweet saying, like, me and Monday got to break up. This is not going well. Oh, that's a good call. Um, so Can like, you marry a time construct? <laughs> <laughs> Can you marry a day of the week? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, oh, it's, yeah, it started last year. I said, I'm breaking up with Monday, bro. It just doesn't treat me right anymore. <laughs> I feel that. And that yeah. just kept it going like i'll make uh more tweets like i remember one day uh the monday morning radio was absurdly hyped for whatever reason and i was like monday getting hyped to (laughs) 105.1 what's more shocking to me is that people still listen to the radio oh man i'll never do it in the car that's that's you guys are big radio people kelly i feel like you also listen to the radio I listen to the radio in my car, like, all the time. Isn't a podcast, like, a form of radio? Yeah. I listen to podcasts or, like, you know, a playlist that I have. But, like, just, like, just letting the radio decide what you listen to is just, like, whoa. Well, we have a really good radio state, like, a local a com- radio station. But commercials? There. You can't just, like, forward? I know, skip but I'm over. listening. I gotta listen to my homie Brent. Okay, Brent has been posting some amazing uh, reels recently. Have you seen the last few? They're really funny. We we have a local station here called Indie 88, and they play, like, indie music, and one of the hosts is very, very funny. Um, so I listen mainly for him. He just applied to Survivor, so maybe one day we'll all know him. Yeah, he also loves Nathan for you. And maybe yeah. all sex with him. Maybe. <laughs> 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 Survivor. If you do, you better come back and tell us about it. (laughs) I will. I 100% will. So the final letter, we jump ahead again. And I guess this one, we don't know how far. Maybe you can let us know how many years you think. But now Kenzie and Roman are going to have a child together. They seem pretty settled down. And, you know, that's something that could happen, like, during the honeymoon or many years later. We're not sure about the time gap in in this letter. Um, the time gap I was going for was it was like roughly a year later. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Yeah. Now, these letters, who did the drawings on them? 
me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I sent Kelly a photo of the stick figures with like a massive erection. <laughs> Being like, here's your morning dick pic. <laughs> okay, okay, so yeah, I didn't yeah, I didn't even tell Austin I was gonna do that. Um well I think I might have said to Austin we were gonna do some doodles and originally I have two interns. Here, I'll show Austin. <laughs> just, just look at the Look at the dick to leg ratio. <laughs> I know it's so funny. Oh wow! <laughs> Roman's packing. <laughs> yeah, no, he's got a huge. Well, I it's funny because again, like I thought about how John Rosenberg with HelloFresh Theater, like he literally like hand wrote these letters and made these like really elaborate doodles, and I was just like. I don't have time for this. Like, I'm sure if I really wanted to, I like could make them look better. But I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna make them look like shit. Oh no, I loved it. I thought it was so funny. Like, if it was like a beautiful like oil painting of like Roman and Kenzie kissing, I don't think I would have liked it as much as like stick figures with a heart on. Yeah, I really, I really liked the stick figures too. It made me laugh really hard. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm I'm available for hire if you like. <laughs> for some stick figure art yeah i feel like it works too because like the tone of the letters that like austin wrote isn't like it's like serious in the way that like they're falling in love and it's like a love story but it's not like you know very very serious there's like jokes in there so i feel like it works that there's stick figures with a giant yeah yeah we definitely wanted it to be funny and i read a lot of romance novels so you know i'm a connoisseur of this kind of thing Oh my god, you're like my nana. My nana was hella into romance novels. <laughs> Whoa, nana. I know, yeah, she had some some horny taste in books. <laughs> Her wedding was definitely at night. <laughs> at night? <laughs> I, I don't know, I, I'd have to ask my dad. But maybe it was. I, I, would he have been there? <laughs> No, but I'm sure he would know who, like, one is. Actually, I don't know. If I, yeah, I couldn't tell you when my parents' uh, wedding time of day would be. Well, my brothers were there. I could ask mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. and I'm sure my yeah. parents would remember when they got married. We desperately need you to report back on this critical information. <laughs> yes, of course. One more last piece you need to know. Yeah, we need to I know. will... Not be able to sleep at night <laughs> until I know exactly how horny your grandma is. <laughs> this happens a lot on this podcast where Megan has like a lot of questions for the guests that they're unable to answer. Like I feel like we need to do a follow up with every single person we've ever had on. We need to know I, about Michael's how Michael's parents met on Craigslist. Oh yeah. <laughs> Wait, who? <laughs> One of our friends who was also a guest on this podcast and host of the Stark Wars podcast as well. I, I met him for the first time on the podcast and had yeah, sorry. A friend I'm an inquisitive mine. person. I just you give me a you give me a tidbit of a story like my parents met on Craigslist. I'm gonna have questions of what was the ad? Which is a basic question, I would say, but he was unable to answer, and I'm like, you definitely need to do a deep dive and find out what that is it's, it's reminding me of you wanting to know about my roommates in the youtube comment people just people keep giving me half a story what can i say i love it when i know the ending or when i know like the details that i'm interested in i'm, I'm sorry i let you down in this way <laughs> you know i i think 
I think I'll I'll forgive you only because I know you're gonna go ask. <laughs> yes, I actually am gonna go ask. <laughs> I didn't get a follow up on the okay. Craigslist ad, so you only reminded me that I'm still still curious. Wow. I hate being curious. <laughs> so I have one final question about the love letters. And then if there's any other tidbits you want to include or anything you want to plug, but it is of course about the kisses. Whose kisses? Oh, um, those are, no, they're not mine. My intern, Natalie Gregory's is her name, but actually something that I've been meaning to bring up about Natalie's, her name is Natalie Gregory, which is also the name of this child star who went into obscurity. And it's something I think about kind of a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this, this girl named Natalie Gregory played Alice in this like very high budgeted musical of Alice in Wonderland that I watched as a kid and Sammy Davis Jr. is in it as the caterpillar and like oh <laughs> Ringo Starr is in it and Carol Channing is in it and like yeah dude like I think John Stamos is in it like literally everyone's in it like it's so aggressively 80s and then she started she did the voice of the main character of the movie Oliver and Company um the, the Disney movie and then she disappeared and well, she didn't actually disappear. I think I read the other day that she runs a tech company now. She's like a total girl. Whoa. Yeah, and I'm like really happy for her. But yeah, every time I think of my intern Natalie Gregory's name, I think of the child star Natalie Gregory. But mm. That's neither nor there. But yeah, they are her kisses, and uh, she's a total, total uh, sport for doing that. No kidding. Okay. But I, I really wanted it to look like, you know, like a, a very horny love letter, you know, but like it, was, it was really important to the whole conceit of it. I felt it. So it worked well. Yeah, Sean, you missed this at the beginning, but I didn't know Megan was sending these to me. So my fiance went and got like our mail the day that the first one came and he was like, what is this? <laughs> what is this and why are you getting it? It's funny because another friend of mine did the same thing and like their husband were like, what the fuck is this? Like, are we getting a stalker? Like, and yeah, um, that's good. That's really good. It didn't even occur to me that that like could happen, but yeah. It's incredible. He thought it was very funny when we figured out what it was, but for a minute, I think he was like nervous. Like he was like, "Do I give this to her?" Shaking in his boots. Yeah, this man's clearly ro- more romantic than me. Yeah, <laughs> how do I stack up? He's like, damn, how do I level up? Yeah, yeah. So for anyone who has not gotten the letters, they come in these hot pink envelopes, and there are these red kiss marks all over them, and heart stickers. And so you know, they stick out in your mail. You won't miss them. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, as of right now, um, I I really only did this as an experiment. I honestly thought this might flop big time. Like I kind of was like people might not understand this. Like we, if you look at the unintended baggage Instagram, we made like an infographic like explaining what this was because like when I said it was like a play in the mail, like people could not wrap their minds around without like not that it's like uh like a brilliant concept and I just think it's weird, you know, and people are mm-hmm. like, I don't understand this concept. Um but I would really yeah, I'd love to release more of them into the world for sure. So we'll definitely keep you posted if that is something we do. Yeah, definitely. For for everyone, I should say. Mm-hmm. 
make them more widely available for distribution. Yeah. Do you guys have anything you want to plug? Any like social media or any other projects that you want to talk about? Of course. Um, as always, thank you for having us on. Um, if any uh, listeners want to check me out, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at redhood underscore ghost. And uh, Sean, anything you'd like to plug? Yeah. Um, so first of all, please follow um, my production company, Unattended Baggage. Uh, that's an at sign, and it's unattended underscore baggage underscore co. It's a, kind of a long username, actually. And um, our website's unattendedbaggagecompany.com. I think on Twitter we're unattended underscore bag because I couldn't get a <laughs> Name for some reason. Um, for unintended packaging, I'm directing um, a reading uh, or a workshop of a play called Cowgirl that is going to be streamed on Twitch mm, um, in cool. April. Um, I don't have the dates 100% confirmed. We had to move it because I got knee surgery. And oh, I just, no. like, yeah, and Omicron too. It, like, mm-hmm. We're supposed to do it in January. And anyway, anyway, it's about a agoraphobic superhero who falls in love, and it's very sweet. And if you like comics and like superheroes and like nerdy stuff, you'll probably be really into it. That's so fun. I'll tag um, everyone's social in our show notes as well. So no worries on if you guys cannot remember them. <laughs> and then Austin, I just had one more question. How do you feel about Roman and Kenzie's love story? Do you feel it's concluded? Will you maybe dive a little deeper one day? Um, all I will say, definitely don't think it's over. Um, one thing uh, I definitely struggle with uh, as a writer is writing short stories. Mm. So doing something like this was mostly magical because Sean wanted to split it up. But um Whatever you got in these letters in the mail, just know that's just the tip of the iceberg of what I thought, what I had to, in my mind to write. So if you want more, let us know down below, and I'll see you when we can make this happen again. Oh Amazing. Yes, yes. There's a whole um, Roman and Kenzie universe, like the Marvelverse or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the fanfic is real. It is, it is. Meg, do you have anything you need to plug today? <laughs> yes. My absolute favorite Instagram account is called <laughs> Lit With Kelly. She gives me the content I need every day. She tells me what books I should read. She gives me absolute fire reviews. She puts funny reels up. I really don't even want Instagram to exist if that is not the first account I see every morning. So you can follow our girl Kelly, Lit With Kelly. <laughs> Thanks, Meg. I appreciate you <laughs> propping me up like this. Follow Meg as well, at Megan Bianco. I just did it live on the podcast right now. Oh, thank you. Oh, um, yes. Let's pressure Megan into making TikToks, too. Oof. <laughs> Megan, I feel you. Like, I could not I, be less interested in doing that. Like, I'm like, that feels like so much work and it's like a whole to do. Uh, it's stressing me out. So I uh, actually do marketing for a brewery. And if I had time, I would do TikToks for them. But I'm the only person in marketing. So I don't even I don't even do it for work. Like, so there's just 0% chance I do it for like myself. But Kelly's been killing it. She's been posting them all the time. My only real want would be if we were to do like funny clips from Nathan for you just to like help promote the pod, I would do that. Like we've bought watermelon on many different occasions and we keep meaning to cut a slice real thin. 
and just like <laughs> sitting with it in the wind. But that'll be like my contribution probably. We need to do it. Yeah, I've been making TikToks for work and it is truly like worse than any other part of my job, to be perfectly honest. If anyone wants to watch <laughs> me on TikTok for my company, we're at Wakewater CA and like dude it is it's tough out there those tiktok the, streets man they're tough okay i'm scared of the gen Zers. the funniest part about kelly doing tiktoks for work is that like half of the tiktoks talk about how much you don't want to do tiktoks for work but yeah it's pretty much <laughs> just me complaining about my job and occasionally it's like shots at our ceo and then he comments and is like i feel like you're mad at me <laughs> i I'm just gonna be honest. I think TikTok is mostly cringe. I think that is my my real like gut like carnal feeling about TikTok. Is there is there to say that there aren't TikToks I enjoy I enjoy it? Sorry, am I doing a double negative? Anyway, I enjoy aspects of TikTok. I enjoy some people on TikTok. Actually, you know who I really love is um Angel Mommy. Do you guys know her? No. She's like so, like it is such banal like it's like her and her kids like going to the grocery store like she does nothing and people love oh. it it's, like, it's very like anti-humor almost like like i can't even describe it it's very dadaist i feel like mm. like it's really meaningless but people love it her and her husband like it, people are obsessed and i highly recommend them they, they, don't, I, they don't do anything i'm just obsessed with them yeah, I really like uh, a guy that just, like, ranks the top five, five hottest things from, like, a Disney movie. Or he, like, ranked the top five hottest cursive letters and just, like, the most random things. And he goes into great detail about, like, why this thing is the hottest thing. And it's just fun. Yeah, I'm obsessed with Elise Myers. She's, like, my favorite person on TikTok. She makes me laugh a lot, especially her Bachelor content. So, I've never... Uh really watch tiktok too much but lately Austin, you need to be on tiktok you should read like snippets from the movement and that should be your whole tiktok it's just like reading no i would watch the shit out of that yeah oh yeah People go crazy <laughs> the one tiktok i have seen and this reminded me like back on youtube when there was like uh epic meal time I don't oh, know yeah. and there's this guy he he does hood meals and <laughs> He, like, cooks these real, like, simple meals in this disgusting kitchen and chops it up real quick. <laughs> There's this one. He, uh, I'm already in tears thinking about it. Um, he's chopping uh, turkey legs, and he has to rinse one, and it falls in the dishwasher. Oh, no. <laughs> I could not stop laughing when he still ate it. <laughs> oh, no. You'll have to send that to us on Instagram. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. It made me think TikTok was worth watching for hours on end, even though I didn't. <laughs> there, there are some pretty funny ones, I, I must admit. Even though I know, like, we're, our demographic's, like, a little above maybe the TikTokers, but, like, I can appreciate some funny people. Yeah. You'd be surprised the demo on TikTok is like vastly millennials now. I have so much data oh, on it because we're trying to market towards TikTokers. Where have the Gen Zers gone? What is their new, what is their new there, thing? The millennials are migrating to TikTok. <laughs> I mean, it feels, I feel like you can't escape it now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
I'm I thought Vine was gonna stick around and then it didn't. <laughs> I miss Vine. But you know what? I, here's my real my real theory though. I think that like social media I think we need to reel it back. I don't think it's like good for us, like ultimately, like the metaverse is bad. Like yeah. I'm not into it. I don't know if I should say that publicly. I don't know if people are like really into the metaverse, but like I'm just, I don't like, think that's controversial. I think you're okay. Okay, great. Yeah. Um uh, because, yeah, it's some real dystopian shit, and I'm just not here for it. I feel like we should have stopped at MySpace. I think that w- would have been a great place to stop. And I think once we integrated social media in our phones, that's where things got really bad. I think if we stuck to, like, we can have MySpace, we can have LiveJournal, we can have Zanga, PhotoBucket, we can have those things, Tumblr. and we can have dumb phones, and I think that should be it. <laughs> On that note, Meg, you want to close us out? <laughs> yeah, sorry. We want to be very conscious of all of your time. And I know that, Austin, you have to go at 7.30. So we'll we'll wrap it up. But Neopets chat rooms. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> this has been Kelly and Megan and Austin and Sean on your side. Yeah.